Job had some great difficulties in his life, great, great sufferings. But he was only always also greatly blessed. We ourselves might think of the drudgery that we've experienced in life. Maybe our health, maybe relationships, maybe things that didn't go the way that we expected, the hardship of labor. Remember as a little kid thinking, oh, the drudgery of picking rocks or bailing hay on those hot days. It was drudgery. No wonder I wanted to become a priest. It's probably one of the motivators for me. Drudgery it doesn't have to be as bad as we sometimes experience it to be. When we allow the hardships, the sufferings, the confusing things of life, whatever those things are that feels like drudgery, we're plodding along, it's so difficult. When we turn to the Lord and ask us for the grace to rise above them, that is, our attitude, our disposition, and we embrace suffering and we offer it to God as an act of love, it becomes very, very fruitful spiritually. And we don't go through near the self-pity of drudgery. Ah, oh, it's so difficult. It's also true that a good portion of the drudgery that we experience in life is because of our own choices or those of others. Because of original sin, of course, we all have broken inclinations. And every time we give in to that broken inclination, there's consequences that cause hardship for us or others. We can see that perhaps in our own lives, in our families, in our country, or in the world. Many of the problems today are self-created problems because of humanity's choices. And God invites us to find greater interior freedom and joy. Through the history of humanity, there's been propo proposed options for resolving drudgery, the difficulties of life. One is a very utopian sense, like a make-believe imaginary that we as human beings can create this perfect world without the acknowledgement of our brokenness and without the need of God. Many nations in the past have tried this and failed miserably and have caused hardship for others. This utopia described in a beautiful new book called The Religion of the Day describes this strategy, this cultural sense that's being prominent today throughout the world and in the United States. It's based on a rejection of God, our need for God's grace, and I am going to create a world that's perfect, and it will be left up to a very few people who will have the control and power to make that perfect. Failed in Germany, failed in Russia, it's continuing to fail. And so many countries today that give into this socialist mindset of taking away individual rights, individual dignity, and saying, give us everything, including your will, and we'll take care of you, trust us. But it doesn't help the individual 
Strive for the greatest things. Personal choice in being able to give of our goodness that God gives to us for the good of others. We have two examples of how it, the other option, the second of the two options, so not the utopian, humanistic, socialistic way of looking at things and resolving world's problems as if humanity can do it on its own, it will never be able to without the acknowledgement of God and need of God and the acknowledgement of the brokenness within us. Human nature is way too corrupt, and we know that. It's called original sin and patterns of choices that we make in our lives or others. That's why it keeps failing with different efforts, new ways of describing this new utopia. Trust us, and it will be great. And then dictatorship kicks in, and then rights and freedoms are taken away, corruption grows stronger, and good, good people suffer greatly. But there is a solution that does and has worked, and it's witnessed both today in our second reading and in our gospel. It's when we lose the focus on ourselves, we acknowledge our need for God, that we are sinners, but the mercy of God raises us above that, and that when we receive God's love, what it does is it animates us to seek the good of God and the good of others. And when that love fills our hearts, we want to pour out our lives, helping others on the way to heaven. We want to participate with God in his work of saving souls. The two examples, Jesus himself. We heard in the example of Mark's gospel, rising very early before dawn, he left and went off to a deserted place where he prayed. He went to the Father to be in communion with him and the Holy Spirit so that the works that the Father wanted to do, the supernatural works of healing, driving out demons, and all the things we heard in the gospel would come to fruition. But we also hear, everyone is looking for you. He told them, let us go on to the nearby villages that I may preach there also. For this is the purpose, for I have come. Jesus has come for the salvation of all souls, not just a few for all of us, and oh, how he longs to fill us with his love so that we have the grace to rise above the difficulties of life and we can offer those sufferings to God as an act of love. And what do we see in the example today? The second of the two examples comes from our reading to St. Paul to the Corinthians. I have made myself a slave to all, so as to win over as many as possible. I have become all things to all, to save at least some. My brothers and sisters, a good measuring stick of where we are at in our spiritual journey is how strong is the passion of God, God's love within us, to seek and help others on the way to heaven. St. Paul was captured in love and he lost the focus on himself. 
And he went out and preached the gospel and had many, many hardships. He would come to experience the joy of evangelizing. In other words, I want to tell you the good news of the reality of God in my life. God's great plan for you. That's the call for every single one of us, baptized in Christ, to go out and help souls on the way to heaven. And if we are lacking in charity, if we are lacking in giving ourselves fully to God to seek that which is good for God and others, we just humbly ask God for more grace to overcome original sin or patterns of sin in our life that want us like, you know, I want the comfortable way. Oh, life is so hard. Life was hard for Jesus. Life was very hard. But he was animated with the love of God the Father and the Holy Spirit. As you know, our pastoral planning is entitled Set Ablaze because I sensed in prayer that what God wanted was to set ablaze the fire of the hearts of people in our diocese, that they will be animated, alive, go out and share the good news with others. But we must pray for that, and that's why that prayer was written. And then we must be actively engaged, not just always the same people who volunteer to step forward and help in the church or whatever with everything, no, all of us, we all have a critical mission in the salvation of souls. Prayer, works of charity, the corporal and supernatural works of mercy, helping the poor, the disadvantaged. My brothers and sisters, let us not be discouraged by drudgery. Let us not be discouraged by our own human weaknesses. Rather, let us turn to the Lord and beg him for an outpouring of grace into our hearts and the hearts of others in our diocese, that we will all truly be set ablaze with the fire of the Holy Spirit and to be like Jesus, to be like St. Paul, to leave behind all things because there's one priority, salvation of souls, others and ours.